fundraisers, I'm Don Lego, and it's time to buckle up once again for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows, and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. All right, let's get going. Welcome back to our Raise Nation audience. We're so glad to have you here. If you've been with us before, well, you're in for a wonderful show once again. If you're new to Raise Nation Radio, we do stream on 10 different podcast channels. So find us on your favorite. And we're also available at onecause.com on demand so that we can be evergreen. But I want to introduce my guest, very special guest that we have today. We're going to have some very inspiring, interesting conversations. I already feel it. Please welcome to the show, Miss Heather Bell. Um, She is the development director for Community Living. We're so happy to have her here. I know we're going to have some great chats. Heather, welcome to Raise Nation Radio. Thank you, Dawn. Happy to be here today. Yeah, well, I would love for our audience to just get to know you a little bit better. So just want to introduce yourself um, personally and professionally, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. And then just um, tell us a little bit about the mission and the cause and just all that good stuff. We just want to know more. Great. So I've been in the nonprofit sector for about 20 years now, and the bulk of that time has been in development. Uh, Definitely caught the bug, and I love it. I love uh, fundraising for some wonderful local nonprofits in my community. And in 2020, I had the opportunity to join Community Living, uh, which was a nonprofit that was near and dear to my heart uh, because their mission is committed to excellence and compassion in serving individuals with developmental disabilities. And I actually have a kiddo with a developmental disability. So it really connected with my personal vision and passion. Uh, So finding a company that also matched my personal views was very exciting to me to have that opportunity to fundraise for them and really come in and support the mission. Wow. So I I picked up on something that I wonder if our audience picked up on it too. You said that you had this opportunity in 2020. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Okay. What month in 2020? So to be exact, I started in the middle of February 2020. So I joined a new job. We had our legacy ball right before COVID. So we were able to get that one last big fundraising event in. And then, you know, March hit and... (laughs) business was no longer business as usual. So it was a great and exciting time to take on this role as the director of development at Community Living and get engaged with my team and and figure out how to work remotely. Uh, But we did it. And we actually overcame what I think a lot of other people found as challenges. And to me, I don't look back on 2020 and have like this negative feeling. Like we accomplished great things, my team, the way we worked together, the way we overcame the hurdle. And we actually ended up raising more money than had been raised in the previous years. So I saw 2020 as this huge opportunity, not as a problem. Wow. You know, so uh, there's so many words that I'd like to, I, I, I would like to take out of my vocabulary, like 
hybrid, pivot, virtual, COVID, all of those words, Mm -hmm. but you are so inspiring because one, you opened with just love development, that that's Mm -hmm. your, your your passion. You you know, it's, it's you, you have a, you know, you go to work every day and love, love what you do. So you're not really working every day, but then in 2020, you align to some of your own personal, um, missions and, and, um, what, what's important to you on the home front. And then you embrace COVID. I'm like, wow, talk about the glass half full. That's pretty, pretty incredible. So I guess, can you give us a little bit more? How, how did you, how do you live such a positive outlook, love development Mm -hmm. and, and really, I mean, you couldn't have started a new position in a development career kind of at a most like crazy time. I don't know what to call it. Like, was it, was it a bad time? No. Cause we did learn a lot to your Mm -hmm. point. It was new opportunities, new ways to engage. It was learned. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was just a crazy time. Mm -hmm. Right. So how did you navigate all of that? Well, I think one thing is for certain when you're in this field, you have your mentors and you have your sounding board that you go to. And I have an excellent mentor. She basically introduced me to development and she's been my mentor throughout the years and she's really shared her knowledge and her wisdom over the years. And it was really just as I was stepping into this role, it was like, just get back to the basics. What are the basics of development? So while everybody else is, you know, shutting down, our community was a little more unique. Our shutdown was very brief. um, So I really didn't work remote a whole lot, but we were very mindful that maybe our donors were depending what area of the county they lived in or if they lived on the other side of the river. Um, So we got back to the basics and we really focused on stewardship. And that was our number one goal was we were going to call, we were going to handwrite notes. We were going to be like, how are you doing? Back and we were going to gonna take that opportunity. Yeah. So handwritten notes. I love handwritten notes. So yeah. At the time I would send everybody handwritten note. <laughs> it does make a difference. It really does. So we did that follow up. Then we had the door open and we could follow up some more. So then, you know, a few weeks later, we'd be like, hey, just wanted to check in. Still doing all right. Hey, we wanted to tell you because our residential program is a 24 seven program. We don't have an option to close down. So here's what we're doing to serve our constituents and ensure the safety of our employees at the same time. Did we have some COVID outbreaks? Absolutely, but we managed them, right? But when you're working in a home 24 seven that has four individuals with developmental disabilities, leaving there and not working there wasn't an option. Mm. So, being able to share that message and share that, that it was a little bit scary, made us that much more authentic to our donors, being able to connect and share that with them. So I'm hearing back to basics, phone calls, handwritten notes, authenticity, Mm -hmm. and make sure you bring the impact and not necessarily the answer. We just had a wonderful webinar with Rachel Muir, who said, don't solve all the problems to your donors because then they don't necessarily know they have a need to continue to help you. Mm-hmm. So you almost said, this is not an option. Mm-hmm. We're facing challenges. We still need your help. You, you let them know that they still needed to help and right. you would appreciate their help. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. 
So tell me a little bit more about community living. Is the name everything that it says? Is it is it life over 21 for individuals with um, developmental and de- delays? And are you helping integrate um, that population into the neurotypical community? Do I Absolutely. have that right? Or am I completely Absolutely. off base? No, you're not off base at all. So what's truly unique about community living is that we serve a thousand individuals annually in our community. And these are individuals with developmental disabilities. But what's really unique is we don't serve them at one age group with one program. And then we're like, okay, now on to the next agency. What's truly unique is we serve kiddos as young as five years old up to all the way final end of days. So we have five core programs that meet individuals at every life stage, whether you're a middle schooler, high schooler that can't get off the bus and take care of yourself because you have a developmental disability. So you need after school care, but typically after school care isn't around for 14, 15 year olds. So we help them have that after school care that's supporting their IEP goals, also their socialization, making friends and peers. We have adult recreation because life's always better with friends and that have similar interests. We have job training programs, residential, even a day hab center program. So we're just there every step of the way. So it's not like you're done with us when you hit a certain age. It's like, okay, you're done with this program, but here's what we've got for you now. So our goal is really to have people out in the community. We're not like, come sit at the day center. We're like, come hang out at the day center, make some friends. And then we're going to go out to this local organization and volunteer so that you can be a part of the community at large. So we just really want to support people to live their best life possible. And that was what was really kind of life-changing for me when I sat through orientation as a new employee, it was like, yeah, we want people to have friends. If they want to go on a date, how can we support them so it can be appropriate and healthy for them? They want to have a job? Great. What's the best job that's going to align with their goals, but also set them up for success? And we're going to follow them through every step of the way to help them get there. And it's just that passion about making sure everybody has a place in the community and we're all better together. I love the community integration piece, but let's look at it from a different lens. How has the community embraced and and accepted that integration and and blending of the neurodiverse population and, you know, the atypical, you know, how, how has that all come together for you? Well, one story that's really interesting is so in our high school program, a lot of times seniors who don't have um, a developmental disability will actually work and do the after school care. So they're connecting with their peers that have a developmental disability and it doesn't impact them. They say it's the best job they've ever had because oh, wow. of getting to help people learn and also help support that friendship. And then they see a familiar face at school and it doesn't seem so different. It doesn't seem so scary. We work with a lot of other nonprofit organizations and civic organizations. So our library district's huge in our community. So our day hub centers, they put together the literacy programs that go out to the little kiddos at the early childhood centers. So it's just, we're just out there. And I think our organization also is really well about partnering with other organizations as well. So we're just out there and we're really embraced by the community. We're seen as being truly active and we have a great representation, great, you know, rapport with the community and with our civic leaders. So it's just a really win-win for our community. It sounds like it. Congratulations. That's that's no no easy feat because there's awareness there, education, and then 
patience and understanding and, you know, all of the things that go into blending communities and, and, and integrating. So congratulations on that. That's, you know, you're making great headways and probably a great model for, you know, so many other points in, in, in the country, but let's talk a little bit about life after 21. That's typically Mm -hmm. a rough age, um, services all of a sudden that you've known for, you know, 18, 19 years, just stop. And then there's this new, where do I go? What do I do? And how do I get all the support and resources and aids and one-to-one and safety and all of that, that's, that's governed by maybe school districts that now are, are, you're just out there. So what are, you know, can you speak to that? Is it, is it improving in, in any way? And what programs do you have there? Well, there's always room for improvement. So I want to start and say that we don't have all, we don't have it all figured out, but are we making headway? Absolutely. Um, Our support services for adult program, uh, the director does a great job of connecting with all of the local high schools so that there are uh, transition plans, transition plans in place to help kiddos transition from high school into the work after the yellow bus stops. So we're really filling that gap with our Dayhab Center because they can come in there and continue to receive the supports that are aligned in their individual plan and we can work towards those goals. And then we can do a better assessment like, is the day center the best place for you? Is employment a better fit for you? And we can actually assess them and make those recommendations to the family. But the other thing is we don't just involve the family we don't ever have a conversation about an individual without the individual because they have input on their life. They have their own goals and we take the time to listen and support that. So that's the rule. We never have a conversation about someone without someone. Uh, And that's a really great model and belief that we share here. So we're filling that gap with the Dayhab centers. We're filling it with our employment services program. And in fact, we start working with the kiddos in high school and employment to start figuring out some of those soft skills ahead of time. So we do a summer employment program with 15 and 16 year olds to kind of assess them and start thinking like, what are are you wanting to do after high school? And we even partner with a local university where they have a program that helps uh, kiddos with autism to figure out, is there a way that they can come and live at the university and do some soft skill studying as well? So we're with them too. Living their best life um, because everybody deserves that. So, right. yeah, I love I love that. Let's get over to the fundraising side of things. Okay. You mentioned um, I, I was paying attention to everything you were saying. Now I'm going to hold you to it. You mentioned Uh-oh. that you had some of your best fundraising years since 2020 and, and when you joined community living. So how did you do it? What, what, what worked, what didn't work? I mean, we did talk about getting back to basics and stewardship and, you know, some doing, you know, doing things the old fashioned etiquette way, but let's talk about that hardcore fundraising events online, peer to peer, all that good stuff. What did you do? What did you work? How did you change? What are you doing now? Well, if there ever was a time to just go ahead and change everything, 2020 was the time to do it. So we really worked our development department with our marketing department and our board to really look at how we were communicating with um, our various audiences. And was it effective? And if it wasn't effective, what did we want to change? 
um, we definitely wanted to be seen as authentic communication. And we realized we didn't want to shout out, hey, we're community living and we have an employment services program because that's not exciting and that doesn't tell you what we're doing. So we really wanted our stories to focus on individuals. And we felt that when we focused on the individual and how they were living their best life possible, that it tied back to our mission and it just seemed more authentic rather than us doing this advertising spot like, hey, community living, come give to us. We have tax credits. No, come give to us because so-and-so just celebrated their 15th wedding anniversary or we are, you know, helping an individual who lost a job during the pandemic get another job that helps them to live a better life. And then they were able to do that because of our services. So the focus was really on the individuals that we were serving and taking the focus off of just give to community living. And it just was that much more authentic. So people started giving more. People started engaging more with our newsletters. They were opening it. And the messages weren't just a one and done message. It was like, you can go read about it in our blog, but we're going to use this snippet on Facebook. We're going to use this snippet in our stewardship piece. We're going to use this snippet here. So really a multi-channel approach. So one story had more of a lifespan than just here's a rapid fire story, story, story. Mm -hmm. And it really connected with people. And we were able to watch donors give in a new way because they were learning about us in a new way that they hadn't learned before. So were you doing any events during that time or how, how historically, how has community yeah. living, living participated in event fundraising? Mm. What are you doing now? So we started out as always having two signature events a year. We have our legacy ball, which is in February and our annual golf tournament in August. Nothing in April for Autism Awareness Month. No, okay. no, we don't. Because, yeah, we're just we're focusing on our community. We don't want to focus on one particular diagnosis either. Um, so with that, we had two signature fundraising events. Like I said, in 2020, we were able to get Legacy Ball out before the pandemic hit. We did have to do it virtually in 2021. Um, I Gosh, I never want to do a virtual event again. It just doesn't oh, no. resonate with our community. Our community is very social. They love being in person. Um, but all of our other events, um, our golf tournament, we've always were able to keep in person because we felt we could distance and safe make it safe for people because it was There's a lot of room on a golf course. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Golf was a big thing during the pandemic. And actually, um, in 2021, we added a new signature event. Um, so wow. yeah, again, pandemic, we added a new event. We were like, what can we do that's outside that people feel safe at? So we created a cornhole tournament and we do it in cornhole. October. Yay. I know. Wow. So it's called Tostoberfest and we do it in October. Okay. Yes. So we play on the whole, you know, October theme and we have local breweries there and we do this cornhole tournament and it really opened us up to a whole different demographic because I did not know cornhole was a big thing big for dads thing. to do with their kids on Saturdays. So we had like a 10 year old and his dad take the whole tournament. It was fabulous. Um, so it really helped us again to connect with a different audience that was maybe younger, maybe doesn't have the same capacity to give, but has our mission at heart. So we now have three signature events uh, that we do. And then we do some small ones here or there off and on as uh, opportunities present. Um, 
So events weren't a huge challenge for us because we didn't have the same lockdowns in our community. Um, We really didn't have a lot of regulations. So I'm in Missouri. And for that, I feel we were very fortunate because we were still able to operate and do business. Um, So that was, again, a big opportunity for us. But what was also cool is that you came up with new signature events instead of Mm -hmm you know, woe is me. Whoa. You know, uh, look at what I'm dealing with. I'm going to have to go virtual. And and I applaud you for knowing your community, mm-hmm. right? Virtual works for some people, mm-hmm. hybrid works for some people, live stream works, but you know, your community, they want to somehow, some way be in person. Right. And really the, the, the whole, a, a part of success for the, the population with developmental delays is integrating with community in order for for this to really, really work. So you kind of have to figure that out, but you did, right? Golf, plenty of space, Mm -hmm. cornhole. I can put one here, one there. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I bought an, an, um, a solar powered, really fancy color painted cornhole game oh, this year. And go. so, yeah, I learned that this could be a pretty popular thing, but it's almost something that anybody can do. Right. It's, just, it's really fun. So um, that, that, that's pretty cool. So what do you think about the future of fundraising? Do you have any thoughts there? You really had baptism by fire and it was kind of um, turn left, turn right, no, go straight, you know, back in 2020. How do you feel now? You know, so you're, you're, you're nestled in. How are you feeling about the future? I, I still feel like it's very bright. I know a lot of people are very concerned about the economic downturn and how that's going to impact um, donors capacity. But we've been very fortunate and our community and our donors have still rallied around us and supported us. And I don't feel that it's been as challenging as back in 2008. 2008 was a rough year. Mm. Like I felt like sponsors were coming through, but we haven't seen a downturn in our sponsors and our sponsors are still rallying behind us. So we haven't seen like corporate giving drop off either. So I still feel very bright and very optimistic that we're going to come out of this. Okay. Um, I think if anything, COVID connected us more to understanding that people have needs And if we have the capacity to give and support those needs at whatever level it is, people are still wanting to do that. Um, So I think if people are, you know, of the same mindset as us and their mission aligns with our mission, they're still going to come through. And that's what I want to do at the end of the day is be able to connect with like-minded individuals. If your passion isn't developmental disabilities, that that's okay. Whatever your passion is, then give and support that passion. But if your passion is developmental disabilities in our community, then absolutely, I want your support and I want to make that connection with you. So it sounds like true to your name, community living, you're actually creating community at the same time. So um putting like-minded individuals together, you can do great things. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. yeah, great for you. So would you be able to share without giving any names, a, a success story, somebody that comes to mind that you might've helped? I love the concept of, you know, from toddler to mm-hmm. what, whatever age that, that you have services. That's very mm-hmm. unique. I think in this space, I don't, 
I haven't heard too many organizations right. that carry through the lifespan, through the journey. Is there anybody that comes to mind that? Oh gosh, talk about impact. There's so many great I'm sure. impact stories. You know, one happened yesterday. I was at a local yesterday okay. commerce event, and so I was at this chamber of commerce event, and one of the local business owners came up to me and was like, "Hey." I just wanted to let you know, we have a newer employee that started and they were working on an order that you guys had placed from us. And they were like, hey, I don't know if you know, but I used to get services from there. So the manager is like, you know, I didn't even realize that this person was on the spectrum, used to get services and after school care, but now they're a young adult. And they're like, want to talk about somebody who has great attention to detail and makes a list and checks everything off. They were like, I would take like 10 more employees, just like this individual. So, I mean, that right there spoke to me and we hear those kind of stories all the time um, when we're out in the community. So to think that they can come up at an instant like that, it just really touches your heart. So yeah, it was great. That's good to hear. And, and, and it would be nice at some point to not even make any, um, separation of church to sit of state and just simply say, Hey, yeah, somebody that grew Mm -hmm. up through your services is one of my best employees and not I'll take 10 more just like, you know, right. I mean, I I would love to see that education opportunity too, because then we were able to have an authentic conversation with this business owner and like, Hey, like, did you understand like what this means? Some of the supports you can do. So it just kind of keeps that communication flowing. So. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love that. So how, how, how can people get involved? You sound like you have a great community, you know, board, uh, volunteers, if they need services, giving, like lay it all out on us. How does somebody get involved in all those different ways with you? Wonderful. You can visit our website at communitylivingmo.org, or you can connect with us on social media. We do a lot of Facebook, a lot of LinkedIn, and some Twitter as well. We have all of our volunteer opportunities and events there too. And then our blog is a great way to see that impact. Our blog stories, they're super fun. There's just they're going to touch your heart. Um, we have a great one up right now that just came out. It's about a commitment ceremony of two of our participants. And it was just so great to be able to host the commitment ceremony for them. And Wait, what is a commitment ceremony? You have to educate me. Absolutely. So um, we had a couple. They um, both received services through our programs and they weren't ready to make the huge leap to marriage, but they've been dating a long time. So we did a commitment so ceremony. Sweet. So yeah, there's some pictures and stories on our blog. And that's a blog on your website at communitylivingmo.org. Yes, correct. Okay. I'm going to go read it as soon as we finish this show. (laughs) It's absolutely adorable. So yes. Okay. To all all of our listeners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To all of our listeners, you have to check out Mm communitylivingmo.org for some really sweet storytelling from Community Living. Um, Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to do that. Um, So what do you, I mean, you're a nonprofit. You always need donations. We get that. But what do you need the most outside of donations? What What do you think? Where Where are you right now? Do you need more corporate sponsors or more corporations that are hiring or more high school students to like, what, what do you need the most? Where's your deficit? 
right now we're really going to be looking at our corporate sponsors because we're at that end of the year. So we're going to start looking at our 2023 events. Um, so we're looking for corporate sponsors for our uh, 2023 Legacy Ball, our 2023 golf tournament, and our 2023 Tustoberfest event. Uh, so corporate solicitations will be going strong for us right now. But, you know, we're always just looking for activities to support people. So if someone's in the area and knows a way that our participants can volunteer or get involved, we're also always interested in filling that need because it's really about getting our participants out and in the community every day. Yeah. Well said. That's so powerful. What are you most proud of, Heather? Oh, wow. Um, I'm just really proud of the way our team and our organization works together. Um, I've worked at different organizations and, you know, there's always clicks and we just have a great culture here. The same way that we love on our participants and wanting them to live the best life possible, we have that same camaraderie among our team. So we very much care about everybody. We want everybody to feel accepted for who they are. Um, we do a great job of investing in our employees, making sure they are getting a livable wage, that they're getting, you know, the professional development they need to be the best employee they can be. But we also care about them personally, and we want to make sure that their personal life is great too. So the culture here just makes me really, really proud, really proud oh, to be wow. part of. Well, I mean, you're just doing such a great job all the way around. It's so, it's so nice to see. And I'm not surprised actually, because when you're Working with a population that has some type of de delays or, you know, neurological problem or w whatever is is setting them a little bit back in comparison to what we consider typical, you know, with, who knows what that is anymore. But you you really, I think, are saying that no matter we all have hearts, we all have brains. So no matter who you are or where you're delayed or advanced or let's go into, you know, DEI and, and all of that. Let's just accept one another, support Absolutely. one another, love, make each help each other be the best versions, you know, of themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that just goes hand in hand with your mission, you know, yeah. at, at community living. It, it just, it's an understood situation. So I'm not surprised <laughs> that you have, you know, that, that particular culture, any shout outs, anybody in particular, um, that you would oh like goodness. to shout out? You know, I mean, just my team. So I work really well with my team. So we're a small but mighty team. Um, so Molly Rankin on my team, she's our events and stewardship coordinator. She just has really knocked it out of the park. Uh, talk about, you know, being flexible with events. She was amazing through this. And then Katie Vogel is our marketing specialist. And the way that she's really, you know, taken her role as marketing to also support development and understand development marketing is sometimes a little bit different than regular marketing, the way she's really helped our team too. So that's been huge. And, and then Wendy is our back end. She keeps all the data going so that we can keep going 40 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour, keeping everything just chugging along. So it's great. Wow. Well, that sounds like it. So who'd we say? Wendy, Katie, Heather, and yourself, mm -hmm. and Molly. Did I get yes. them all? Yep. Right. You got us. Big mm -hmm. shout outs. So to, to your family and to your, to your son, how is your son doing? And um, want to give him a big hello and uh, 
So I have a daughter and a son. So my daughter has a developmental disability and is uh, doing excellent because she has a lot of great supports and services. And my son is um, just wonderful the way that he supports his sister and makes sure that she's included in everything and that, you know, life is good. So, you know, but they're siblings. So we have our moments too. <laughs> I, I have I have a boy and a girl myself. So I know the the love-hate relationship goes right. on there. Yes. It's all good. It, mm-hmm. it, it's all it's all healthy at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Well, you've just been a joy. I love your glass half full, um, you know, mentality and, and keep going on. And I don't know that I speak to a lot of nonprofits. I don't know who added an event during COVID, but mm-hmm. sounds to your strength and, and tenacity and everything else that goes along with it. So congratulations again. Um, And thank you so much for just spending time with us today. I can't believe that that half hour just flew by, but it was so interesting. We're going to hit your blog up and get all those sweet special stories. Mm -hmm. And if there's a corporate sponsor out there that that could help, I mean, who doesn't want to be part of what is it? Tostoberfest? What did you call it? Tostoberfest. Absolutely. I got it right. Wow. Mm -hmm. Cornhole fundraiser. Sounds, that sounds like my cup of tea. I can actually do that one. Mm -hmm. So fearless fundraisers, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's inspiration. Um, But unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. Um, You've got today's daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Please tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 1230 p.m. That's Thursdays, 1230 p.m. Eastern time, new episodes. And in the meantime, Listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio. We're actually 60 episodes strong as of this week. Follow your favorite channel. You can get all the notifications about our new guests. Fundraisers, as you just heard, are doing amazing things to build better tomorrows for our communities. Stories are sweet and awe-inspiring. You won't want to miss a single episode. I would like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making the episode possible. One cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy to use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. And you'd want to check it out because there's a brand new One Cause fundraising platform that was just announced a few days ago. And all of the resources are on onecause.com and you'll find plenty of other resources to help out your fundraising. A huge shout out and thanks to my guest, Heather Bell from Community Living. I appreciate your very expert and authentic voice and how you're doing things just a little bit differently um, to build your community. I completely enjoyed our conversations. Any last words of inspiration? I think everybody should find a fundraising position that aligns with their personal mission and every day will just feel that much better. Uh, Yeah. And you did that just that. So your testimony to that for Mm -hmm. sure. And if we're looking to find you, Heather, how do we find you? LinkedIn a good place? LinkedIn's a great place. Sounds good. It's B-E-L-L, right? Correct. Perfect. Well, again, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. Fearless fundraisers, that's about all we have time for. So that's a wrap. And until next time, I'm Don Lego. This is Raise Nation Radio. You stay fearless out there. 